Blog, blog, blog. Webmasterradio.fm. We're the talk of the town. Webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Grab onto the wheel. Fasten your seatbelts. And step on the gas. Webmasterradio.fm is going to take you on the ride of your life. You've just stepped off the curb into Rush Rush Hour. Your Rush Hour hosts, Neil and Cameron, will take you on a fast-paced adventure through the high-tech metropolis known as social media, blogs, social networks, bookmarking, and more. Around every corner are the tools you'll need for marketing through the social web. Now, the light is green, but stay right where you are, because you're in Rush Hour. Hey everybody, today is February 7th and today is Wednesday. This is the first episode of Rush Hour brought to you by Webmaster Radio. And uh, I'm one of your hosts, Neil Patel, with also Cameron Olpheus. And today we have a special guest, Todd Malico. But before we get into that, um, Cameron's here and he's going to break down pretty much what this podcast or radio show is all about. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, like Neil said, today we have Todd Malico on the on the show, and he is a rock star in the SEO world, and also one of the forward thinkers when it comes to social media and social media marketing. And from there, I'll let I'll let Todd maybe introduce himself, and then we'll get into some topics. We'll be talking about social media marketing, uh, dig delicious, stumble upon, and things like that. So, Todd, you want to give us an introduction? Firstly, thanks for having me, and uh, feel honored to be a part of the the inaugural. Uh, podcast here. Um, I I'll, I'll skip all the background stuff and all that uh, all that jazz. Uh, people can search and got a website, and I'm sure people can find it and all that good stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, happy to be talking about the social media stuff. I, it makes for a great conversation. Um, I enjoy talking with you guys, whether it's on the radio or at conferences or wherever. Uh, always seems to be interesting, and hopefully it'll turn out interesting for the listeners. Cool, thanks, Todd. So uh, we were talking a lot about Dig in the pre-show call, and one of the things we started talking about was maybe how you guys became top diggers. So maybe you guys could share with the uh, listeners uh, how you how both of you were able to do that. Maybe like any secrets or anything you have like that. So, Todd, maybe you want to go first. Yeah, um, actually, Cameron, if you don't mind. Uh, what I'd like to digress to a little bit first <laughs> is is the whole debate you guys uh, stirred up today of sure. the, the yep. diggers hating SEOs. Um, I think that'd <laughs> probably be a good place to start because um, you know before we get into tips and and tricks on dig, um, I think it's it's fair to do the caveat in some of the discussion there first uh, because you know our intention is certainly not to to game dig and um, and to you know provided more of a negative rec- reputation for, for SEOs that always, already seems to exist there. Um, so I think that's probably a, a good place to start before we even jump into, you know, um, how to become a good dig community member uh, is, is why, why there's um, this mistrust between the two communities at this point. And um, hopefully that's a, that's a good place to start. So maybe, Neil, uh, do you want to kick off uh, what you guys posted there just today and, and kind of how that discussion is went? Yeah, um, we had uh, one of the bloggers at ProNet Advertising, Moo, <laughs> he found a video on YouTube of a SEO who actually posted on, like, he made this whole video on how, you know, why you want to get on Dig and all those sites, and 
he was pretty much talking about spamming. I'm like, yeah, you know, just post on Dig and post your site. They want you to post a one-way link to your site. It's a high page rank site, you know, and he was talking about spamming and, you know, it's a whole hilarious video. And he actually, like, in the video, he couldn't even spell his own domain right. Like, <laughs> so he was sending everybody to the wrong site. It was like the ultimate, I don't know, traffic, bluer pins instead of blueprint or something like that. But, yeah, so he was just pretty much talking about spam and things like that instead of uh, trying to provide value and, you know, giving the community stories that they want to read. Instead, he was talking about, hey, just submit whatever you want, build robots and stuff like that, and, you know, just vote on your own stories and get them to the top. So, Yeah, suggesting that people create multiple accounts so they can dig their own stuff. And, I mean, it's easy to see how we got a bad reputation when we have people like that, self-proclaimed SEOs that are posting videos on YouTube and things, you, you know, trying to sell their services. It, you know, it almost reminds me of that. You know, submit your site to a thousand search engines for nineteen ninety five kind of deal. So, yeah, and I think that's that's totally the impression that dig users get of SEO, and and that type of SEO certainly leaves a, a nasty taste in all of our mouths. I think, and it, it's unfortunate. And you know, there's times I even say, well, maybe I should stop proclaiming myself as an SEO because it's <laughs> it's become so <laughs> nasty at points. Um, but I, you know, at the same time, there's there's been a great community of people that's evolved around SEO that are good, honest people, um, take on good, fun projects that are that are worthy of being on Dig, and uh, there is the ability for the the communities to coexist, um, and not you know it's just like saying all diggers love Stephen Colbert and and use a Mac and you know hate DRM and whatever else it's you know it might be true and, and uh, generalizations and stereotypes definitely have some validity to them but at the same time uh you know it'd be great for diggers to see that hey there's some good there's some good seo folks out there that aren't you know all about just spamming stuff for those for the short term and making a quick buck um and back to your question about becoming a top user um you know i registered as as my own name on dig and then i've been posting and been a member there since uh probably a year and a half or so now so i was I was there quite a while and, and read and contributed and everything else. And I, I like it as a community and as a site. Um, at the same time, you know, I, I certainly want to help help clients get traffic and stuff, but I'm not going to burn my standing in the community um, just to make a short buck or, or to make a quick buck and, you know, get a day's worth of good AdSense, which they probably wouldn't click on anyway, um, or something like that. So I, I think there's the, the ability for the, the two to coexist and, um, it's unfortunate the the opinion they have of SEOs, uh, but it's certainly warranted in some circumstances, like the the video that was posted. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we also have the other story that was broke a few days ago, where the uh, the bring pop I think bringpopcorn dot com they were, you know, contacting all the top diggers and offering them money to submit their stories and things like that. So I mean, that's yeah, obviously like another five hundred dollars, like to hit up all the top tenors, and it's stupid because it's like they don't accept money, so. <laughs> start blogging about it and everything like that and then the word spread and you know they just got a really bad name for it so and i think was it after that they removed the top 100 list um it was right around the time i'm not sure if it was before or after so yeah how do you guys how do you guys feel about that how they dropped the top 100 list i mean both you guys are top top dig users so i'm just curious you know like what are your thoughts on that and and whatnot so where were you todd before uh they dropped the list yeah, I, I had just uh, cracked the top 100 a little while ago, um, probably a couple months ago. And uh, the the thing that I, you know, I think they did right in terms of it was getting 
it, it was a way that people were able to kind of manipulate the rules and, and climb up the ladder faster. Um, at the same time, it was also incentive. You know, it was one of the main incentives of, of being a dig user is, you know, um, the game of seeing how high you can climb on the statistics. Um, and being, being a top dig user is, is incentive um, to watch those statistics to see how, how your profile is growing, how many people are coming across it. Um, so I think the, the only thing they did wrong in it was kind of taking away some of that motivation of some of their some of their user base. Uh, to me, it wasn't so much a motivation. I'm, I'm not worried about it personally. Um, I saw even uh, somebody interviewed Digital Gopher uh, at, I think, SEO Refugee, and um, he kind of said the same thing. You know, that's that's a prime motivation. He's the number one user, and, you know, it's not bothering him that he doesn't get that recognition anymore. Um, it's, it's not going to bother most people. It's probably going to stave off a little bit of the gaming um, but at the same time, you know, what's the motivation to contribute? Um, and and maybe that's a good thing to take away some of that motivation, but uh, it remains to be seen. I think overall it was probably probably a decent move. It didn't bother me by any means. Yeah, and with me, I still submit, but I really don't submit like I used to when the list was there. It was like great motivation. I wanted to submit, and I wanted to be the number one user. I know I was like, you know, nowhere close, and I know, I, you know, you can't be digital gopher at this point. It would take a lot of time but still it's like now it's like cool you know whatever i'll submit whenever but it doesn't really make a difference now that motivation to submit and actually use dig a lot more it's not there but i think the whole dig crew has something up their sleeves and they're probably going to end up doing something where you know they try to motivate more people to submit and stuff because it's all you know revolved around submissions yeah and and i don't think there's they need as much of the motivation anymore that they already have the critical mass. They already have the people that they need um, submitting. And, you know, you get some level of notoriety just by submitting good things. And by being on the homepage, you kind of still get that um, that incentive to be there anyway. Definitely. Yeah, I'm not so, so sure uh, it's going to, like, yeah. thwart, like, all the people trying to dig game and stuff. Dig game and stuff. I mean, you can still look at the the homepage and see, you know, who the top users are and who are the people that continually getting stories on and things like that as well as the guy that released his own dig top 100 use, user list by uh, plugging into the API. So I'm not so sure that it's going to, you know, take away from the actual gaming of dig. Maybe it'll slow down a little, but the smart people are still going to figure, you know, figure around that. Although at the same time, the smart people are probably the not the ones that are hit, hitting up the top 100 guys and asking them, you know, offering to pay them money to get on dig anyway. Which kind of leads and me into my uh, next question I wanted to ask you. That BS of people going to, uh, you know, the top top users and saying, we'll give you 500 bucks to do this. Uh, that's To me, that's the same thing as, you know, I get solicitations every day, you know, uh, will you post this um, great traffic program that has a, you know, mile-long sales copy and everything else. Will you post this to your blog and, and tell people about it for 100 bucks or whatever? You know, as, as a blogger, you get that same kind of solicitation. And back to being a good community member, you get those, you, you make those decisions every day of are you going to kind of put your name out there for a quick buck or are you going to try to maintain your integrity and reputation? Yeah, yeah no, I agree. And, I, and the hilarious one is when you get, like, those top 100 bloggers hit you up and, like, hey, hey, submit my blog post, like, for $20, you know? <laughs> and it's like, come on now, you're, like, a top 100 blogger, you should know a lot better, so, but... It's, you know, people don't really get that, hey, if you provide value, you can get up there and stuff. And like you said, Todd, it's not worth us, you know, risking or jeopardizing our reputation to submit, you know, other people's stuff for like $20 or even money or whatever it may be, so. 
So in your guys' opinion, what's the difference between like offering a top dig user money to submit your story versus like hiring an SEO company or a marketing company to kind of consult on that whole social media marketing thing or maybe like the link baiting services or whatnot? So like maybe you guys can talk a little bit about the differences between like actually a link baiting service versus, you know, just hitting up a top 100 dig user and offering to pay them money. Yeah, so the value in a link baiting service, I think, ultimately is is the great idea. So even if you paid a dig user, you know, even if you were able to buy off a top 100 user to submit your story, maybe get the 50 votes that you need, if you if you put crap up there that's not remarkable, it's not going to fly anyway. So you, even even at a cheap $500, you, you know, you're you're kind of throwing that money away because even even if Digital Gopher puts up. Um, some piece of garbage, chances are it's still going to get buried off the homepage. Um, they can, you know, the, the community sniffs that out. So, you know, the bottom line is no matter which way you approach it, you still ultimately have to have that great idea. And I think that's uh, where true link baiting services come in of knowing knowing what is remarkable and, and coming up with a great idea catered to the community um, that's going to be something that's well-received and of value to the community. So sure. rather than rather than paying a digger to submit something, really incentivizing them and saying, hey, we got this really cool thing and convincing them that it's a cool thing and having it legitimately be something cool. And, you know, that's that's the type of stuff that's going to go well or do well, go viral. Even, you know, just crap on the homepage dig is not going to go anywhere. So it's uh, in the in the chat room beforehand, I think somebody asked, you know, how many links do you get from a dig homepage? Well, it could be anything from, you know, 20 garbage scraper sites that are just scraping dig content to, you know, a thousand great links from really powerful blogs if you had something that was, you know, tech crunch worthy or, you know, a, a great new uh, um, product or service or story within a certain community. Now, I know we have to go to commercial right away here, but as far as, like, ethically goes, what would you say the difference be- as far as ethics go between offering a, a top dig user money and hiring, like, a link baiting service? Um, I think it's, uh, again, coming back to what it is that you actually use as the bait. So link baiting gets thrown around as, okay, we're just going to – the term kind of sucks. I'm, uh, you know – Debating the terminology at this point is kind of worthless to me, but uh, I think you're you're paying for that that idea, and ethically, you're actually doing something of value. You're paying for the exposure. The the difference is you can do something great and not market it correctly, and, it, and it's not going to get that same exposure. Exposure. So you're you're paying for the the ability to get it to market, but at the same time, you can't you can't get crap to market and expect it to do well. Oh, cool. We're going to take a quick little break, um, you know, by the people who are making Webmaster Radio po- uh, possible. So stay tuned. Rush Hour will be speeding right back after these commercial messages. Hang on. Best of the Web, the Internet's oldest directory, EOTW.org, since 1994. Our editors scour the web, finding quality sites, providing users with spam-free resources, relevant information from valuable sites. Submit your site now for a guaranteed review in three days or less. For webmasters needing additional exposure, check out our 60-day free trial on category sponsorships. 60 days free advertising. No kidding. And don't forget the Best of the Web's reseller program with the industry's highest commissions, 25 
25% recurring commission on all products and services. Bloggers, make sure to check out the BOTW blog directory and the recently launched volunteer editor program to help build the best blog resource on the web. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. Have you heard that content is king? Yeah. What's that mean? I don't even have a clue. Hmm. Wonder if that's important. Important? Search engine optimized web content is essential. Essential for maximizing page rank. Essential for increasing sales. GetWebContent.com is the internet's foremost provider of custom written search engine optimized copy. GetWebContent.com is easy to access and ultra cost effective. Right now, copy is indeed king. And GetWebContent.com is the king of copy. Check it out today. Searching for the tools and tricks to rank your websites even higher. Well, there's no need to go through a back door when you can climb up on the roof. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Webmasters on the Roof. Direct from Deutschland. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Join the media Donis along with his partner in crime Friday night as they put on their black hats to teach you their SEO secrets. Webmasters on the Roof. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. .fm. Sink your teeth into 100% original programming. WebmasterRadio.fm And try our daily search cast. It's made fresh every day. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. Slam on your brakes. You've just reached your final destination. Rush Hour on WebmasterRadio.fm Now, back to your Rush Hour host, Neil and Cameron. Hey everybody, we're back, and uh, yeah, definitely. Um, so Todd, uh, you know, you've been on Dig before. I, I, what was it? A couple months ago, your server crashed when you got on Dig, if I'm not mistaken. So, what are some of your experiences by getting on, let's say, the homepage of one of these social sites? Yeah, uh, the first thing is probably to be prepared, <laughs> which I wasn't at the at the time. Um, had some database issues and and whatnot. Uh, so one one tip with with WordPress, if you you're a blogger and you happen to make the homepage a dig, you find out. Uh, probably contact your host. But uh, one important thing is to make sure you have a static cache version of your site, and you know don't rely on your database because you know all the MySQL calls are much more likely to crash your site than. Uh, just calls to a static file, uh, so replace it with a static file using you know a, a redirect via HT access or something, and you're much more likely to to stay up. You know you're, you're st- sustaining thousands of visitors in a very short period of time. Um, I actually had one uh, one time my host uh, thought I was getting a denial of service attack. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that was the case when I went down. They they actually shut it down because they thought it was a DOS attack, and um, and due to the just influx of traffic. Yeah, I know with uh, Greg Harnett and his servant, like his personal blog, uh, gregharnett.com, I believe, uh, he gets shut down quite a bit, or I believe it was like twice or like three times. Like he had this cool video of like his kid um, 
peewee hockey, like they're fighting and stuff, and this kid was like railing on some other kid and like pounding him down and stuff. And that got on dig like really quick, and boom, like his server went down really fast. So it's hilarious on what it can do to actually your server. Yeah, so taking down the images and, you know, hosting what you can elsewhere, all those types of things help. Uh, another thing is if you're running AdSense, diggers aren't going to click on ads. They're, they're not stupid. You know, they know um, they're, they're just not going to click on ads. So you're much better off just taking your ads down when you get dug. Uh, one, is going to ease the load time. Two, you're going to, if, if they come in and you have AdSense on, it's just going to up your impressions and lower your click-through rates anyway. So it's really going to, it can potentially hurt you on AdSense. Um, so just turn off your ads, turn off that stuff. Uh, if you yeah, I think get on. I think people are more likely to, to link to your, your story or whatever it is that gets on Dig if you don't have the ads there as well. And then maybe in a couple days, once the Dig effect dies down, then you can throw the ads back up there. And by that time, you'll probably start getting a little more traffic from the search engine and things like that where those are people that will actually click on the ads. Yeah, yeah Dig users are definitely savvy to ads the same way that SEOs are. You know, we know it's there. We're, we're likely not going to click on it. Um, there's no sense in serving it. Did you end up getting a good amount of links when your uh, server went down, or was it kind of like a bunk campaign? Um, or yeah, yeah, I did. I did pretty well. Uh, some of them ended up linking to the cached versions and stuff, which was a bummer. But um, for the most part, the links were good. Um, but even that one, you know, that's a, that's a good example. That wasn't just an SEO story. It was something you know most webmasters could use. And um, it was something I put a lot of time into. You know, it took me two days to write that article and, and craft it and put it all together. Um, it was something I put a lot of time into and really went the extra mile. You can you can put up, uh, you know, I really don't like it actually when people dig just normal posts that I do. If it's, you know, just something one-off quick that's not really that great, you know, I don't really want that submitted to dig. I don't want everything submitted to dig. I just want when I do something exceptional that, you know, I went above and beyond for that to make it, for that to... Uh, be legitimate because that's better content. That's what should be there, and that's how it should be. You know, it's like if you're if there's something great, it should get on dig. If you know, it's just normal stuff. You don't want it on dig. You only want the great stuff. So, you know, and if you get all the crap stuff on dig, it's just gonna screw up the value of dig. Thus, you know, like it won't be as popular, and you know, it can screw up how many links that actually drives the sites and stuff like that. So. And and the users are going to look at it and say, oh, this guy's submitting everything he writes to dig. Uh, you know, why should I why should I dig this? Um, you know, I'd rather just have the the high you know the high quality stuff that has uh, that could potentially deservedly be there uh, submitted than than just anything random. Yeah, I also think that you run the risk of having your domain uh, banned from dig if if that happens to like Leo and had his domain banned from dig and. You know, I mean, obviously, if people are submitting all your just normal articles and things like that, there's more of a chance that people are going to market as spam or lame, and that's, I believe that's what causes the, the domains to eventually get banned from DIG. And and that's a good point with Lee's site is probably, you know, SEOs get excited about social media or something. Then they go out and they, you know, Lee writes a lot of stuff. He writes a lot of good stuff. A lot of it's news, though, where you can get it in different sources, where that's not really dig-worthy stuff. Every once in a while, he'll do something like the the roundup of SEO bloggers. That's really exceptional and is a great resource and should be there. Um, but if everything is getting submitted, then it just makes him look bad. I, I think all the people that are probably submitting his uh, stuff on a daily basis, you know, just a news article, are are really approaching dig wrong, and it, it's really on those users that are getting excited about dig and want to submit stuff, but don't realize that when you're submitting, it's not just submit any random piece of crap. It's scour the web for good stuff, something exceptional, and and just be submitting that stuff because other stuff's not going to make it anyway. It's going to get filtered by the community. 
Yeah, and with, and with Lee, he's like a pure white hat, and you know his domain got banned, and that actually really sucks. So, like, what do you feel about that? And you know, just people banning domains and they're SEO related, and they're doing nothing wrong. And you know, he's not a spammer. He never, you know, he wasn't the one himself putting stuff on Dig. He couldn't control it and stuff. And you know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's really a shame with Lee's because, like I said, he does. We all know from the SEO community that he does great work. Uh, completely above board, white hat, delivers good results for his clients. Not about spamming social media or anything. Really understands social media well. Uh, all around great guy. But I think it gets back to really his users, and I. It, it's a shame, but you almost have to post. You know, don't dig everything I write, or you know, take off. I, I guess it's kind of a pain to have to take off the social media buttons on on posts you don't want put up there but you know it really wasn't Lee's fault it was it was the users of his site that submitted everything um, that it really goes back to and it, it kind of sucks that you it's kind of out of your control at that point um, I think you know probably to put it back on dig a little bit uh, there, there should be some place to plead your case you know it, Google certainly allows you to do that to some to some extent uh, and it, they're probably deluged at the same time with support requests of oh I got banned and I shouldn't have um, and just like prison, everybody's innocent, I'm sure. Uh, just like every every person I've ever heard plead their case to Matt never did anything wrong <laughs> except yeah. for their 90% reciprocal links and hidden text and uh, cloaked doorway pages and everything else. Uh, so th- there should be some way to legitimately get to dig support. And um, I think you've, you've had some experience with that, Neil. They, they do have some level of support, but it's kind of tough to, to get to them and probably deservingly so. Yeah, um, they do respond. Like, I've emailed, like, support at dig.com, and, you know, they usually respond. They're pretty good, and they do listen, but it's really difficult. Like, for example, you know, I tried to submit a story one time, and I thought it was a great piece, and I emailed them. I'm like, hey, it says I can't submit this. It's blocked or it's temporarily banned or whatever it may be. And I email them, like, hey, this is great content. Why can't I submit it, you know? And, like, they'll email back, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, they won't tell you exact details, but like, oh, they did something or whatnot. We can't add the domain back. If once it's banned, it's banned. And, you know, and then sometimes I've contacted the webmasters, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, um, I kind of, like, paid for digs before. You know, it's like, no wonder. But, <laughs> so, but yeah, no, the response is just so really hard to get back. <laughs> right. So what, I guess, what would, is there any kind of recourse for someone like Lee to, to, to get to him and say, hey, you know, I really... I, well, I really am above board here. If there's any rules I can comply by, you know, how do I do that uh, to to get my site reincluded? Yeah, like we can go to them and email the support at dig, you know, dot com and stuff, and he can try. I just don't think that he's going to get back in because, from my understanding, and I could be wrong, I think the way that they determine which sites um, don't belong in dig, what they do is if. Too many people, like there's a certain percentage or whatnot, mark a story as spam and people like email the whole dig crew, you know, saying, hey, this site's spam and, you know, it got on the homepage and stuff. And if enough people make requests, I think they just pull the domain. And what they do is they let the community decide. So it's like once the community decides, I don't think they let them back in, which kind of I believe he actually, I, I believe he, from my understanding, he actually tried to contact the dig support and they just sent him a canned, a canned response, you know, kind of along this same lines of what you just said, you know, sorry, but a certain number of people marked your story as spam, so there's nothing we can do. So above and beyond that, Neil, is there is there any way, or is he, you know, just kind of out of luck, I guess, at this point? I think he's out of luck. Um, Paul Stamatio, he wrote a great article on, you know, and his domain's banned in Dig, too. Yeah, he was so one of the first. what he did is, 
he pretty First much wrote an article like saying like, hey, you can use like tiny URL or you can buy another domain and forward it. So it's like you can still get on Dig. You just have to do some funny stuff. And you know, obviously, it's the Dig crew doesn't like when people do these kind of things. And I don't know if it's against their terms of service, but I, say, I don't, I don't <laughs> think that's going to help you win <laughs> your case at all. Probably. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, that doesn't sound like it. Probably a temporary workaround, but a short short term thinking. It sounds like. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't work for the long term. I think what they end up doing is after, you know, they catch on to saying, hey, someone's using another domain like Paul, he got peacedam.com because it's a lot shorter. And then, you know, you can submit that to Dick. Then they catch on to that. Then you can buy another one. And, like, you can keep on going and buying more domains. And, you know, the links are worth it for you. It's The cost is relatively cheap. Yeah, one he was one of the, I think, one of the first people that got his domains banned from Dig, at least, at least from what I know. You know, I think he's been banned for, you know, close to a year now or whatnot. But, you know, I like I like Paul a lot and stuff, but it was kind of self-deserving that he, you know, that he got banned because he was always submitting his own stories and, and things like that. So, and, and that's a good point. I think, you know, as a blogger, you really have to defend. You, you're, it's on you to defend yourself to the DIG community. So if, if I write something and I don't think it really should be on DIG and somebody else submits it, I, I should be aware of that and really go to DIG and, pro, you know, it's, it's a shame it has to be that way, but for for bloggers to defend their own reputation, you really have to go to dig and say, okay, I didn't mean for this to be here. Um, here's, you know, somebody else submitted this, or or just really defend why why it's there, um, rather than appear that you're you're behind that and um, you know, like you said, submitting your own stories is a real real bad call. Yeah, and the quick trick I use is like you can subscribe to RSS feed so you can know like when people submit your own stuff. And if people end up submitting crap that I don't want on Dig, and they do a lot, I just go in there and mark like the story as lame or duplicate or something. So <laughs> that usually gets it. And, you know. and either way, that's a very good point of, you know, either way, no matter if it's a great piece that you put up there or somebody else submitted something that you didn't want up there, you really are obligated to be a part of that conversation at that point. Um, so you really have to go there. And if you want to, you know, maintain a reputation on DIG, you have to be a part of that conversation and defend what's being said or or at least respond to it. You know, you don't have to get into a flame war with someone, but, at the, you know, sometimes you just got to call it a wash. But uh, but you should at least contribute there and, and uh, become a part of the conversation. Cool. So uh, I think this is a great point to take a quick commercial break, and uh, we'll catch everybody back after the breaks. <laughs> Rush Hour will be speeding right back after these commercial messages. Hang on. Wow. I never saw anyone fish with such a wide net before. Oh, really? I don't like fishing with a pole. Can't catch the big ones fast enough. No kidding. You've got a bunch. Yeah, I know. This wide net gives me great distribution and reach. Really? How's it work? Well, fish like to move around to various parts of the lake, so by casting a wide net, I gather fish from everywhere they congregate. Wow, that's pretty smart. Thanks. Wide nets work. And they make you look smart. If you're looking to cast a wider net and fish where the fish are, Look Smart Advertising Solutions can help. Go to signup.looksmart.com to learn more. 
Know how to get the best return on your advertising dollar? Clicksore.com. Yeah, ever since we began marketing with more precise content, target technology from Clicksore.com, we've seen a huge jump in visitors converting to buyers for just over one-third of a cent per view. To get over 300 categories, unlimited keywords and ad placement on over 100,000 sites, click on Clicksore.com today. That's ClickSOR.com. Your bottom line will thank you. Clicksore.com. Delivers where it matters for you. It's a no-brainer. Reaching customers everywhere they search is smart business. However, reaching them through web and mobile search as well as free directory assistance with effective pay-per-call advertising is, well, ingenious. Ingenio Pay-Per-Call delivers highly targeted phone call leads to businesses looking for new customers. And the advertising business only pays per new customer lead. Call 1-800-705-0632 today to ask about your free trial or go to ingenio.com slash web radio that's ingenio.com slash web radio ingenio simply ingenious hello richard hello I just got a little uh, IM that said, keep my energy up, so every so often I'll just scream something out. Okay, well, let me know if you want me to scream back. (laughs) You know, I guess there's a happy medium I have to find. Maybe I should have a cocktail before the show starts. Well, that's an idea. And advise my guests to do the same. (laughs) Get totally hooked on The Hook with Katie Kepner. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Learning how to monetize your domains, zero dollars. Listening to affiliate marketing tips on your iPod, zero dollars. Getting the latest search news on your cell phone, zero dollars. Listening to Dave N. talk about garlic breath, well, worthless. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. Just reach your final destination, Rush Hour, on webmasterradio.fm. Now, back to your Rush Hour host, Neil and Cameron. Everybody, thanks for uh, staying tuned. So, uh, yeah, um, if any of you guys also have any questions or anything like that, we're going to be blasting the number where you guys can call in and, uh, you know, you can get on the line and you can ask us whatever you guys want. We also had a, a couple of questions that people left us on our blog as well as uh, Todd's blog, stundouble.com. So I wanted to break into those real quick and throw those out there, and we can talk about those for a little. So the first one we had is, do you think it's better to focus on a few social media sites and dominate, and dominate them or get into as many different ones as you can? So Neil or uh, Todd, either one of you want to start off with that one? Um, so, you know, my whole thing is with the whole social media is first figure out what you're trying to get on the social media. For example, if you're trying to get some political piece or whatnot, you want to target. So you might want to go after Netscape and Dig first. You, you know, you probably wouldn't want to go after Blinkless or Delicious if you're not. You're trying to get political stuff a lot of buzz. 
So it's trying to target. And my whole thing is when you're trying to go after them, if you're a small site, you might want to target the small ones first because, you know, a lot easier to get on the homepages of those. And then you could work your way up to the big ones. Or you could do it the other way around where, you know, if you get the big ones, all the small ones are sooner or later going to all trickle in. Yeah, I think, your, uh, I think like you said, it just kind of depends on the uh, person's website and how broad it is. I mean, obviously, if you're if you have a broad topic, it's probably best to, you know, try and get as many as those as you can, as, as many of the different ones as you can. But the more uh, the more focused your site is on a certain topic, I think it's important that you try and uh, focus on the social media sites that are related to those and try and hit those really hard and dominate those. So cool. And, uh, yeah, any other questions that the readers wanted to, uh, for us we to answer? We still have uh, Todd on the line. Is he still here? I'm still here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, so the, the the next question that we had, it's it's along the same lines, and so here it goes. There's a lot there's a lot discussed about Dig Delicious, Netscape, Stumble Upon, Reddit, etc., and I think they're all great. But is there currently any movement towards more niche, specialized social networking sites? Example, parenting family sites. I, I think we're seeing some of those start to develop, and and there's a lot of opportunity there. I think to to develop those those niches. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of a lot of people certainly trying to do that. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of lot that are noti- notable at this point. Um, have you guys seen stuff starting to to come into play that in, in certain niches? Uh, um, yeah, I think there's. Some, go ahead, Neil. Yeah, I, I've seen some. One with uh, was it Deals, Cameron? I think you wrote about it, right? Yeah, Deals. Was it just Deals.com? Wrote about I think it a couple so. months ago. Yeah, so it's they're starting to appear, and they're not too popular, and they're not gaining too much traction. But deal sooner or later is going to take a big, you know, or if they do everything right, they might be able to take a chunk out of Dig's market. It's all about tech deals and stuff like that, and anything related with deals. And diggers love deals and coupons and all those kind of things. So it's one place where you can go if you're just looking for deals. Yeah, and I know there is a lot of niche uh, social networks sites popping up everywhere. You know, I mean, that kind of seems to be the craze these days. You know, we started off with the broad ones like Friendster, MySpace, you know, Bebo, Facebook, whatnot. Now we're seeing like a lot of family-oriented ones, a lot of ones geared towards uh, moms, uh, cooking, shopping, fashion, all sorts of ones. And I guess again, it all goes back to to your website. And you know, I mean, obviously, you want to be targeting the same social networks that are, you know, gonna you're gonna be able to reach the same audience of the people that you want coming to your site. So if you you know if you have a site about parenting or moms or something like that, you're gonna want to go after those social networks too and and try and hit those hard as well. Yeah, it's pretty much just trying to target all of them and uh, that are related to you, and just trying to get the most buzz and stuff like that, and you know, just do as well as you can. Was it you, Todd, who had like? 50 icons are like, you had a lot under your blog post at one time. I know you removed quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually the stock, um, there's a there's a WordPress plugin. I don't, I think it's um, share, it's share and enjoy is the stock verbiage on it. And, and you can set which ones, and I didn't realize you could set. And uh, actually Web Professor called me out and, and said uh, I was social, social marketing uh, NASCAR style was uh, <laughs> the way that he put that. And, uh, yeah, I got rid of some of the smaller ones um, just after I had realized, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I have one too many icons there. No, definitely, yeah, and it's just trying to target them too. Because the problem with having all those icons, and you know, most people think it's 
cool, you know, let's give people the options and let's get on Blinkless and let's get on all these sites. But the problem is, is most people don't have accounts on all these places. Even I don't have accounts on most of these places. So it's like just trying to pick the main ones that are targeted towards, you know, or related to your content and stuff like that. And, you know, like, for example, with my site um, or our blog, Cameron, I believe we only do, is it Diggin' Delicious in the RSS feed? Yeah. Just those two. So it, it's just pretty much picking the ones that, you know, you feel that your readers are going to click on and just going there because most people are going to have a dig or a delicious account compared to, you know, a Blinklist account, you know. And Blinklist, yes, it's a great service, but just not too many people use it. So why let people click on it when they're going to go there and they can't do anything because most likely they're not going to sign up. Yeah, exactly. And there's also the trickle-down effect. I mean, I've noticed that when you get your site on one of the bigger ones like Digger, Delicious, or StumbleUpon, you know, within a couple of days, you actually end up getting on all the smaller ones as well. The people that, that do use those, they, you know, they follow the bigger ones as well. And maybe people that read Dig or whatever and they see your story on there, they're going to bookmark it on their Blinklist site or their Magnolia site or whatever. So there's that trickle-down effect as well. So, so, I mean, if you target the big ones and you're successful with those, you do end up getting on all the smaller ones as well. Definitely. And I think so. it, it comes back to you got to be willing to contribute to any of the communities that you that you want to be promoted in. So if you if you want to be on Dig, you got to you got to contribute to the community. You can't just do drive-bys and spit, you know spit your stuff in there and expect people are going to receive it well. Uh, same thing with with any of the communities, whether it's a niche community or whatever it is. I think people really need to understand uh, you know how to be good community members before they can uh, really really market through the social social sites. Um, so for me, it was it was learning that at, at Webmaster World. Um, that's really where I learned most of my initial uh, SEO skills was was contributing there, asking good questions, and then, and then at the same time, going back and, um, and answering questions, contributing to the community, and realizing that if, if somebody did a self-promotional post there, they, it was going to be sniffed out real quick, and that person wasn't going to have credibility the next time they came around. Um, I think the same applies to, to any community that you go in. If you go in and try to just promote your wares and not do anything for the community, it's not going to be well-received at all. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's a great point. So, I mean, you have to have a, you know, a trust with that community and almost build yourself up as an authority so that people within that community perceive you as an authority. And then, you know, I mean, you gotta you got to do what's best for them and provide value to them. And it doesn't matter whether it's your site or your competitor's site. If you can, you know, bookmark one of those or submit one of those to the site and you're providing value, you're going to, eventually you're going to be perceived as having that authority and you know what you're talking about and people are going to start trusting the sites that you submit. So when you do start submitting your own sites randomly here and there, they're going to, you know, have a lot more trust from the community for those. Yeah, definitely, so... So. And was there any other questions that was on Stunt Double or Pronet? Yeah, we had one, uh, another one left on our blog, and I think this was more directed towards Todd, but, you know, I mean, again, we'll all chip in. The question is, I'd be interested in hearing your perspective on profile links from the various social sites. Do they carry any weight? For example, when you create a profile on MySpace, MyBlogLog, Squidoo, etc., you can drop links to your own sites. I'm guessing there is some weight there because people seem to be trying to leverage these sites for reputation management currently. Are there any risks to having your site linked to many all-new social sites, and is it worth the effort? 
Um, I think it's worth the, the effort, not so much for for the link popularity. You know, it's not the terms of the links that they're really going to help you. I, I've signed up at uh, most of the social networking sites I can find to just uh, pop a link in there in case I contribute in the future um, so I have that account, whatever. Um, mainly it is, you touched, or the, the person asking the question touched on it, I think it's the reputation management. I think it's being set up to become a part of the conversation if you, uh, if your service or if your company becomes a part of that. And I think a lot of big companies are really missing out on that, of having that company spokesperson. And there's really, there's really a per- position there in every company to be the kind of social media PR person. Um, that, that position is evolving in every company. Um, and it all comes back to uh, the, the Clue Train manifesto of becoming a part of the conversation as it's going on. And I, I think that's the real value in signing up for the social media sites. The link popularity, um, some of them are going to pass link popularity, some of them are not. Uh, it's, it's marginal value at best, I would say. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a great link strategy by any means. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's, and, and again, taking that in perspective, I mean, that's just one, one backlink that you have coming to your site, whereas if you become like a valued member of these sites and you can contribute you know, even your your own your own content and things like that. I mean, like we talked about earlier, you can get upwards of 500 to 1,000 links if you submit a good story that provides value to the community. So that's going to, you know, carry a lot more weight than just having those one or two backlinks from, from your actual profile. But I agree with what you said, how it's it's more for a reputation management perspective and actually being a part of that community and contributing and having people, you know, recognize that you're you're there contributing to the community and you're open to kind of the discussions and, and all that from within. And I believe Rand Fishkin did a, like, uh, what was it? It was during Las Vegas uh, PubCon, like, in his PowerPoint slides. He had this whole thing on, like, he took over Dig, Reddit, Netscape, and all these sites, and he did, like, a whole link analysis. But, like, getting on the homepage, what does that mean? How many links does it drive? And I think through his study, he saw, like, sometimes 2,000 links on average Every time you just get on the dig homepage, you know, through Yahoo Site Explorer, so it can add up quite a bit, you know, for the links and stuff. And now, now would be a great time to uh, give a shout out of congratulations to Rand and and Geraldine, his his new uh, soon to be bride, uh, who he kind of did some did some viral marketing. Uh, uh, and to give some perspective on it, it wasn't you know everybody thinks everything's link bait these days. Uh, I was I was a little offended when when somebody hacked my site and people were thinking I'm doing it for links. Uh, I, I can understand the, the the cynicism, I suppose, at some level, but at the same point, we're, we're not all selling our souls for links. Um, it's, I, I do like links. I won't, I won't claim I don't, but uh, back to Rand. Uh, you know, big congratulations to him there. He had planned to do the, the Super Bowl proposal, and whoever it was that dropped out on him as an advertiser for a Super Bowl ad, I think really dropped the ball, actually. He had some really good leverage, or really good viral viral leverage behind that, and it was really a, a, a good-spirited thing. It wasn't, he doesn't need extra business. He doesn't need extra links. It's not, a, it's not about that. Um, he's got plenty of business coming in, all that good stuff. So um, whoever it was that dropped out on the advertisement there really dropped the ball, I think, and uh, I hope someday we, we find out who it was that, that canceled his... Uh, Super Bowl proposal because I think it would have been a really neat thing. Yeah, whoever yeah. you are, you suck. <laughs> and, uh, from my understanding, he uh, they kind of had him on a rope there up until about halftime during the Super Bowl, 
like he still thought it was going to be a go and everything, and then around halftime he realized that they weren't going to follow through with it. But again, I would like I would like to also you know tell him congratulations and you know the videos that he put up on his blog showing the proposal and the reaction. I mean, those, those were definitely priceless. Her reaction was priceless. And and, 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 and that's one good example. Maybe not even the the proposal, but Rand's always been out there in the community and really does a service for the community. You know, he doesn't do it for the links. Uh, you know, a lot of times people are going to cry link bait on a lot of stuff. Um, but he does it because he enjoys giving back to the community that's been good to him. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that are that same way, where it's not always all about the links. Um, sometimes it really is about, you know, I, I feel genuinely grateful to Webmaster World and to the, the SEOs that have helped me to learn um, just good marketing and technical strategies. Um, I, I'm very grateful to those. And, and you know, if I post to my blog not always for links. I don't really need links to my blog. Um, I'm not looking for new clients. Uh, it's not always about that. Sometimes it really is out of the goodness of our heart. Definitely. And, yeah, even with him, I know he has a you know, whole list of recommended SEOs and stuff to, that people should head up and go to. So, yeah, he's not about the money, and he wasn't about the links, and he was doing this from the bottom of the heart. So it really sucks whoever did that. But So, yeah, this is a perfect time uh, to n- take another quick break, and uh, we'll be back. Rush Hour will be speeding right back after these commercial messages. Hang on. Are your ads managing you? Tired of click fraud and little or no ROI on your pay-per-click search ads? Take control. Reduce your costs and gain valuable traffic with effective flat fee featured listings on over 245 search engines and web directories from the ISEDN.org, the independent search engine and directory network. Now free yourself from click fraud, bidding, and hassles with low-cost top 10 exposure for less than $4 a month from ISEDN. So visit ISEDN.org today and discover how easy it is maximizing your company's online revenue stream with affordable search engine and directory flat fee ads from the isedn.org want traffic for results without hassle look no further than search ad network focused on your core goals our dedicated account management team will drive your online sales increase brand recognition and generate leads for offline sales through expert search engine marketing and technology in addition search ad network offers free click fraud detection and api access into all major engines to ensure your business reaches their desired roi visit searchadnetwork.com today to experience true profit through performance once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Slam on your brakes. You've just reached your final destination. Rush Hour. On WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, back to your Rush Hour hosts, Neil and Cameron. Everybody, thanks for uh, sticking back. Um, through our break and we're coming close to the end of the show so I think we have time for one more question 
Yeah, we had a question coming in from the chat room. It's, do you guys ever cloak pages depending on the referrer? And, for an example, show more or less ads for people coming from Dig? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I think we, we touched on it a little bit earlier. I think you, you definitely want to turn your ads off for Dig. Once, uh, uh, firstly, they're not going to click on it. Secondly, it's probably going to make your click-through rate go down. So um, turning ads off for Dig is a good idea. Um, cloaking is always a bad idea, uh, even though the, the semantics around cloaking are, are gray at best. Um, I actually did a post at one point uh, on the top ten euphemisms for cloaking. So you can you can cloak, but just don't ever call it cloaking. So uh, we'd call that selective delivery for uh, Dig users. Um, and, you know, Google cloaks, local search cloaks based on IP targeting, um, it's all cloaking, but um, by definition from the search engine, cloaking is it selecti selectively delivering content with um, uh, ulterior motives. So it's based on your intent and extent of uh, what you're doing there. Uh, but to the original question, certainly turning ads off for, for diggers is a good idea. It's going to lend credibility to your article and probably get um, uh, get better readership if you turn those off. Yeah, I've actually yeah, no seen one... some people turn off ads and then another, you know, thing I've also seen people do like SEOs when they get on the home page or right if they know they're going to get on the home page, they remove anywhere that says SEO from that page. So, because usually most stickers aren't going to go throughout a whole site, they're going to end up going to that page, and most of them are just going to end up leaving. Yeah, and I was telling you guys in the pre-show, I, I really hope you guys can appeal to uh, to the dig audience uh, on behalf of of us SEOs that aren't always just out to. We're not always after the link. Yes, we like links. I'll openly admit I love links. Please link to me. Um, I'll gladly take any link you give me, but I'm not going to sell my soul for links. So, um, I, I really hope you guys uh, kind of attract some of that audience here and say, you know, SEO, there is good to SEO. There is some, you know, there's a lot of motivation there that's positive and helps helps communities and websites in a very positive way, and it's not all just, just a negative uh, connotation that often comes with, with SEO. So I'm looking to you guys. You, you, hoping you'll do it for us. No, definitely. Oh, yeah. We'll try, you know. <laughs> no guarantees. But <laughs> <laughs> it's on you. Yeah. <laughs> there are no guarantees in our industry, but... <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And we're trying to do that, and we hope that we can, you know, I mean, like you said, there's a lot of good SEOs that are out there, and they're, we're not trying to, you know, necessarily game the system to, to gain the extra links or whatnot. So we're, you know... I mean, we're definitely hoping that's one of the things the show will will do is kind of reach a broader audience and, you know, spread the good message that, you know, we're not all, all out to, you know, take advantage of all these sites and game them just for the sake of getting a few extra links to our sites or our client sites. You know, I mean, we want to provide value to, the, to those communities uh, as much as anybody does. Well, definitely um, coming towards the end of the show and uh, appreciate you being on the show, Todd. And thank you for Webmaster Radio for letting us do this show. And, you know, you can catch us every Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So take care and see you guys all next Wednesday.